Welcome to our community. This is Sarah Tobabet. We are learning about the month of Nisan, the quality of the month of Nisan, all the miracles of the month of Nisan, what it's all about. How do we access those miracles? What kind of miracles are they exactly? So, um, here we go. So, really, there are two kinds of miracles. Let's see. There are miracles that are in nature, and there are miracles that bypass nature. And the difference between between nature and a miracle is, look at what look at their name. Tevas from the word to the meaning it's it, her doors are sunk in the earth. Imagine something that is the doors of it are sunk into the earth. I believe that's referring to the base of Nazish. You're talking about the, the the doors going down, down, down into the earth. Now, so what does that have to do with us? So imagine the godly kayach that is conducting itself in the world, that is there behind, in the world and behind the world, and you don't see it. Hashem is there in the world, and you don't see him. And the kayach that he uses to animate the world, you simply don't see it. So that kayach is, Swallowed up by the earth. Imagine that. It's literally swallowed up by the earthiness. Okay. If that's the case, um, you look up above ground. Imagine that. You look above ground. Everything seems normal. Regular. It's just going on as, as usual. And then you look underground and you see a whole other thing. You see a whole world underground or that you, that isn't evident when you're above ground. So that's Teva, meaning there's all this godliness there. There's all this, there are all these miracles going on. There's all this godliness, godliness above ground level, so to speak. And you don't see it because it's sunk into the earth. That's Teva. Nature somehow just swallows up the visibility of Hashem. Okay. Picture that swallowing up. Now. Think of a nace, a miracle, from the word Ramamus and Isnasus, Aram Nisi, Aharam, you know, something just at the top of the mountain. Um, okay. And so when you're in this miraculous Hanhaganisis, miraculous behavior, the Kayach of Hashem is revealed. Ah, so this is the opposite. Everything is sort of above ground and you actually see Hashem. Not when you look above ground, you don't see Hashem. You sort of sunk into it. But you actually see him above ground, so to speak, within what's happening. Very clear. Not only is he revealed on the surface of the earth, so to speak, which this is the real opposite of being sunk into the earth. You're seeing Hashem on the face of the earth, so to speak. But even more, we see that it's on top of the mountains. You see Hashem sort of up there above the mountains. Because a mountain is higher than the earth. In other words, it's, a mountain is obviously above ground level. And it, and here's the question. Does a mountain just sit there? It's above ground level? Nope. It's actually moving forward. It's always growing. You never know because it's awfully slow, but it's always growing. It's Sameach. It's actually the kayak of growth within the earth. When you see a mountain, you actually see the earth growing. 
like a plant, except it's really the earth. And when you're talking about a nace, alaharim. So we're talking about something that's above ground level, and it's even higher than that. It's on top of a mountain. It's it's a mountain, which is already much higher than ground level, and it's on top of the mountain, higher than the mountain. So what is that? So if we compare it to Hashem's kayach, nature, teva, is when he is sunk into the earthiness of life, and you don't see him. There's a car, and there's a car driving past that car, and there's another car pulling into a parking spot. And Hashem's kayak is sunk into that place, that situation. You don't see. The opposite is on Haganisis, this miraculous behavior. And Hashem is visible above ground, and on the mountain, and on top of the mountain, higher than that, and even higher than the mountain. What is that? It means a revelation of godliness, which is higher than the limitations of the natural way of being in the world. Hashem is revealed higher than all the limitations of our regular way. He's revealed above that. He's not in Hanhaga Nisis, miraculous behavior. He's not embedded in all the everyday things. He's above all the everyday things. There's a conduct of Hashem which is Nishadish, which is is born, so to speak, in the month of Nisan. When Hashem created the month of Nisan, He gave birth to this kind of Kayach, visibility, He gave birth to visibility of Himself. He created the world and He hid Himself. He sunk Himself down into the earthiness of the world. That's through the month of Tishrei. He also created the world in a way that he makes himself visible in the world. Above, so to speak, as if it's above ground level, visible in the world. He gave birth to that world and that reality where I have a world. He's saying, I'm creating a world and there's going to be a world and I'm going to be visible in that world. Wow, that's something really unusual. He says, yeah, I'm giving birth to that in the month of Nisan. And the way it's going to be is in a way of Nisan Nisan. Nes alaharim, a miracle, so to speak, on top of the mountain, so to speak. Nisim agabe Nisim. It's like a, a nace on top of a nace, a miracle on top of a miracle. A level higher and a level higher than that and a level higher than that. This is what's born in the month of Nisan. So these two ways of mir- these two ways of Hashem being in the world, he's either sunk into the earthiness of the world and he hides himself, or he's up there in the world and makes himself visible. We both, we have both. A Yid, a Jew, has both those ways of being in the way he acts, in the way he's capable of being, feeling, doing, thinking, etc. We have access to both of those ways. Concealed godliness, revealed godliness. We have access to both of them in the way we live our life. One way would be, what's the nature one? You know, you do things according to your nature and the way you do it. You know, this is who I am, this is the way I've always been, this is the way I, you know, I'm, I'm not changing. It's, this is the way it is. You know, and 
there's room to say that your real potential is kind of sunk into, swallowed up by this way I am, you know, the way I've always been. You know, I act according to the laws of nature, of the world, and I act according to the laws of my nature. You know, I don't like to take chances. I don't like to put myself on a limb, out on a limb. I don't like to stand up and do, I don't like to do something new. I don't like to try a new food, right? That's one way we do things, and we all do it. We all do it, you know, just like my real self, my bigger self, my potential self is kind of swallowed up by the way I do things, you know, and the way I serve Hashem, according to, you know, the way I'm used to. I was born with this. They sent me to school. This is what they taught me. I learned Tyra because, let's say, if I learned Tyra, you know, I, I started, I like to learn, you know, kind of what I'm good with, good at. I give tzedakah because uh, I'm a person that kind of likes to, likes to give, you know. So I'm doing it all, saying this is what, there no, there's no judgment here, which is better, which is worse. But that way is, whatever I do, I kind of, I do because, you know, this is what I'm used to doing, or this is my nature. The Gavram Avinu. His nature was that he was chesedic. So he did chesed. Right? Nothing wrong with it. You know, there are people that they're very, very, very kind and they're so giving. You know, they were, they would give you the shirt off their back. I don't know why everybody always has to give you the shirt off their back. Right? They would give that to you. So sometimes it's their nature. They're, that's just their kind. And sometimes it's not their nature. So there's one way of we serve Hashem, you know, with our nature. And sometimes we happen to be very fortunate. We have a really good nature and a really nice nature. We've been well-trained. Okay. And that makes it possible that our Avaida is in a way of tivu ba'aretz, sunk into the earthiness. Because in a revealed way, it looks like that it comes from my tchunas, alpiteva. You know, this is, this is the way I am. And I'm limited according to, you know, the nature of things, the nature of the world. So it's considered on some subtle level, although it's amazing, it's considered lavadu, you know, not really doing work. Again, let's not, you know, the people who do all those good things, let's not um, give them a bad rap and say, well, then don't bother doing it anymore. We, we, we need goodness spread in the world. So if there are people who are good by nature, um, let's keep them being good by nature and doing stuff. I'm like, okay, so you're, you're good by nature. Stop doing your nature and just be that. No, we don't want to do that. But on some very subtle level in Malachi, Gimel, Yudches, it says, you know, we do things because this is our nature. We sort of don't break out of the laws of our nature or the nature of the world. Okay. Now, what's true of Aida? Ayyavid Elohim, again, according to this high standard, is when we change our nature, we change the way we do things, you know, switch it around. And we do an Avaida that's higher than nature, our nature, or nature itself. Even if we've trained ourselves to do really good things and it became our second nature, but... And even if our second nature from tremendous training is that we aren't even affected 
by the limitations of the world. You know, we're really, we're doing very well. We really trained ourselves to do very well. We trained ourselves to sort of do a miraculous way. As it says in Tanya, in other words, you know, in the in the olden days, it was known. People would review something they learned a hundred times. So Avaida was called, you review it a hundred and one times. So that, then you've gone outside of the groove. And here's the question, what if you have a good groove? You spent all your life training yourself to be to then settle into a good groove. So it's good. We're just it's just the Sikh is saying that there are two ways of doing things. We settle into a groove or we keep going outside of the groove, beyond the groove. So we understand. Um Okay, so with all of this, just these two types of Avaida, remember we're talking about a very, you know, a very lofty standard of let's, you know, let's not do any judgments on ourselves. Oh, you know, you're really not doing Avaida because you're amazing, but <laughs> you're amazing, you're doing incredible things and you worked all your life to get to this level, but that's considered nothing. Let's, no, we're not, that, that's not the point here. Just, we want to see that relatively speaking, there are two we have a parallel in ourselves of two kinds of ways of being, two energies in the world. One is, it's the natural way. It kind of, you know, it just settled into a groove. And one is no groove. Never settling into a groove. Now, in us in our lives, we actually like to settle into grooves. We just feel, um, we like to feel a little grounded by settling into grooves. Then why not? And yet at the same time, it's an interesting thing because in a Jew, there are both instincts. A Jew cannot stand a groove. Why are we saying this? Because if the nature of a Jew is chiddush, rosh chiddush is miracles, we came out of our limitations. Well, sorry, let's say it like this. Who are we? We are the people that came from Eretz Yisrael, a place where all, your whole rutten is the way your soul is, the way your neshama is, which is, all you want to do, Eretz Yisrael is, the land that represents your deepest desire to just do it the way Hashem wanted. And that's a, the most powerful instinct that we have in our neshama. And we as a people came from that place and went down to Mitzrayim, Mitzrayim to the land of the limitations of nature where you just fall into the groove, then you're enslaved to the groove that you got stuck in. And we all know what it's like. We all know what it's like to be at, at, at a point, at a moment in life where, you know, we're breathing fresh air, we're, we're, we have higher aspirations. And we all know what it's like to sort of be stuck in a, enslaved to a groove, whether it's what we eat, how, what time we go to sleep, I'm just picking the, the simple things. You know, what we eat, how we go to, what time we go to sleep, um, all this stuff. We tend to have our grooves. And we need those grooves because we need those grooves. Let's call them plateaus. 
to feel stable. And so we have that instinct as Jews to feel stable and grounded, to have those plateaus. And at the same time, we have the need to be jumping on top of the mountains, jumping from mountain to mountain. Very interesting because there was a certain shliach, I'm not going to say his name, but, you know, many, many years ago when he uh, was much younger and he started a very, very dynamic shlichus somewhere in the U.S. and took incredible risks and did incredible things. And and the Lubavitcher Rebbe said about him something like, he jumps from mountain to mountain. You know, that idea of you don't get stuck in a groove. You just, you know, jump from one mountaintop to the next to the next. No getting stuck. But it seems that the Rebbe said about him, but. Um, and he would take huge financial risks in opening up maestas, etc. Um, and sometimes it would take a lot, you know, for him to be able to. It, it wasn't simple, but he just had that tremendously that's that kind of personality, and and he felt that that's the way to do it, to just jump from mountain to mountain to mountain. And yet the Rebbe said about him, that's amazing, but you also have to have a place for your feet to land. In other words, when you come to the mountaintop, you also have to just be grounded, even if it's at the mountaintop. Your feet have to land, and you have to be stable and grounded, even on the top of the mountain. So not just constantly jumping, but then land, and then jump, and then land. Now, whatever that means in everyday life, I don't know, but that means that Yiddishkeit is not about only just never rest, just keep jumping, keep jumping, keep jumping. It's a much more sophisticated and dynamic combination of the two energies which only a Jew is really capable of doing. And it's not something that, in a way, it's not something that makes life easy at all. But the issue is that we have both those instincts in us. This is not that we're being told by Torah that we should do this. This is that our soul doesn't let us rest unless we're jumping and coming out of our limitations. And yet our body doesn't rest unless we're grounding ourselves by landing. And when they work in tandem, it's not a simple way to live, but it's the only way that 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 will satisfy both the the neshama and the, the, the body of a yid as they work together. So the good news is that as we approach Pesach, what's Pesach about? Pesach, jump, you know, jump from mountain to mountain. Mega jumps. Mega jumps. But you see, but you see in the Seder, the Seder is, Seder means, you know, let's make, let's make some order over here, you know, just, you know, calm down a bit, right? This is not... It's a Pesach Seder. The Pesach Seder is exactly that. You're jumping and then you're making Seder. It's not a chaotic jump and you just keep jumping into more chaos and more chaos and more chaos. That's, maybe you want to say mega jump is chaotic. It's just true. You leave everything behind. That's Pesach. But Pesach Seder is jumping and yet making order, grounded, responsible, orderly, and mega jump. Not even for... Probably not even first jump, then make then then make it orderly, then jump and make it orderly. But probably it's simultaneously doing both. Now how in the world do you do that? You have to be Jewish to be able to do that. Because nobody really knows how to do that. 
But if you have a neshama, if you have a Jewish soul, then your soul knows how to do that. The two of them together. Soul and body. Jewish soul and body. They actually know how to do that. And, and, and also the good news is, being at the pace of Seder and, and doing the pace of Seder fully enables us to do that impossible combination that probably nobody else can do and do it with, with a lot of joy and a lot of highest. So as we're preparing ourselves, what are we doing in this month? You know, some people start after Hanukkah. What are we doing in all these work, these weeks, getting ready for Pesach, whether, wherever we're going to be for Pesach, getting ready, ready for Pesach? What is it that we're doing? We're getting everything in our lives, our, 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 nisha, our soul, our body, our environment, our space in the world, right? Which place are you going to be in for Pesach? Our space in the world. Um, we're getting it all ready for this incredible combination, this Pesach Seder, that you have to be Jewish. It's interesting, right? Really, it's supposed to be all Jewish people at a Seder. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be whoever's at the Seder table is Jewish, etc., etc. So, it's obviously something that that is a uniquely Jewish experience because you're the only one who could do this. You have to have a Jewish soul, a Jewish body, a neshama, and a guf. Um, and, and in a sense, this avida, the Pesach Seder, of, of jumping into a whole new way of mega jumps, but totally grounded. It seems impossible. We're probably the only people who could ever do it. And when we are doing it, as much as it seems like, oh my goodness, this is too much for me, it's the only thing that gives us any relief in this crazy world. Because when we're sitting at the Seder, and when we're eating, especially when we're eating that matzah, our neshama is saying, oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, my goodness, what a relief. I've been waiting a whole year for this because finally someone understands me. Finally, someone understands my needs. And you're giving me what I need. You're feeding me, not just the matzah and the wine and all that physically. You're feeding me this combination of energy that is the only thing in the world that gives me any relief and any peace and any hope. It, it, how could I describe it to anybody in the world? They would tell me I'm nuts. Constantly jumping out of our limitations and feeling totally grounded in that. And coming and being in a plateau and a jump and all at the same time and whoa, what is that? And we we don't intellectually maybe even have the language to speak to the world about it. But I'm telling you it's like, you know, if you could speak to your Nishama during the Seder and say, So how you doing? Hey, hi. How are you doing? And your neshama would say, wow, wow, this is really great. Your body might say, I'm really exhausted. I, you know, I've been cooking for days and preparing for days and doing all this stuff. Okay, 
So your body's tired. It's tired. And maybe it's it's very interesting. You know, a lot of people fall asleep at the Seder and all of that. We think, oh, no, you're supposed to have Kavana at the Seder. Maybe. Or maybe if you're tired at the Seder, this is just my crazy thought. It's because you need to put your physical, you know, your neshama says, do me a favor, take a nap, take a nap, take a nap. I, this is my day. <laughs> this is my hour. Just take, you know, Go offline. Go offline. Do me a favor. Just go offline. Uh, this is this is my party. This is my celebration. This is me being fed finally. You're fed all day long, all year long, whatever you want physically. You're always involved with it. I'm hungry. I'm thirsty. I'm tired. I'm this and that. Well, all day long, everybody's listening to you, to you, and you're listening to your body. Go to sleep. Take a nap. Let me look. Go away. I'm getting fed tonight, says the neshama. I'm getting fed. Whether you're sleeping or you're not sleeping. Do the mitzvahs, drink the, drink the wine, eat the, you know, do all the requisite things of the Seder. I'm getting fed tonight, says the Neshama. I have incredibly complex needs that nobody in the world could understand. Or if they understand, then they say, well, it's impossible. It is impossible. You can't be miraculous and, and natural at the same time. And I'm saying, oh, yes, I, but yes, I can, and I won't settle for anything less because it's the only thing that satisfies me. That's what my neshama says to me. You can't be constantly brand new, born brand new, and at the same time, totally grounded. And my neshama says, uh, why not? If I was created for, with this need, because that's the question you want to ask yourself. If I was created with this need in my neshama to have these two opposites going on all the time, simultaneously, don't you think Hashem is giving me a way to actually achieve it? Is He going to give me an internal need that kind of drives me, that gives me no peace day and night, that can never be fulfilled? Come on. You think He would do that? impossible. He's giving me an internal need that is pointing to what I was created in this world to do and what I'm actually being empowered by him to do. And what will give me my ultimate buoyant freedom, power, uh, um, sense of deep fulfillment, an ability to be to step into that leadership world, leadership role in the world, to lead the world to Gula, to Gula Shlema. So it's happening in your local, you know, local Jewish home. This Pesach, ladies and gentlemen, be there for the ultimate grounded mega jump. Pesach Seder coming to, right, coming to your local Jewish home. Be there. Don't miss it. You'll never be the same.